Welcome to Bottom Line Sports Talk, where we cover sports and more for the culture, by the culture, because we are the culture. Hosted by your favorite twin duo, those Jackson men, Gary and Carrie. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, where you can rate us, review, subscribe, follow, and most importantly, share. You're truly back again. We on our interview game. Yes, sir. I, I told you what we got to do. We got to get active. I'm loving it, man. You know? I'm, I'm loving everything. Right. I'm loving it. All right. So this this bottom line sports talk, right? All right. We on Instagram and Twitter. At BL Sports Talk 51. Beautiful website if you ain't seen it. You should go check it out. It's bottomlinesportstalk.com. On Apple Podcasts, iTunes, all that great stuff. We ask you to subscribe, share, love, share. I'm going to keep saying share. Uh, rate, review, share, yes, all that good stuff. But uh, we do it for the culture. By the culture, because, because we are the culture, for sure, for sure. We got a, a longtime friend, brother, debate partner. I don't even know uh, what you want to call I can't. I don't know what to call this man right here. This, this family, though. This family is family. This, this family. It's all family. Black Soprano, huh? <laughs> BSM, Black Soprano family, you feel me? <laughs> hey, I like that. I like that. <laughs> Shout out to Benny. Shout out to Benny. We're going to give Benny. We're going to give Benny his credit. Shout out Benny. Black Shout Soprano family right here. But we got Devin. We got Devin Brown. Y'all don't know him. Y'all probably will get to know him very soon because he's going to be a regular on this, on this because he got some great takes. AKA Mr. Johnny, but we ain't going to say that last part. Wow. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Mr. Johnny, that's it. That's all I'm saying. Mr. Johnny, that's it. All right, hey, look, just just make sure your mics is hot because I'm bringing the hot takes, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we here for it. We already know. So, so Devin, before we get going, I guess tell us your ups and downs as uh, an LA fan. I guess you could say. Oh, LA fan. Like I mean, yeah, man. Listen, tell listen, being growing up in LA, man, there's a different level. There's a different standard when it comes to being an Angelino when it comes to our sports, man. I mean, you got SC. SC is SC is king. You got the Lakers. You know, we just we just brought in another championship. Shout out to the Lakers. Shout out to the Lakers <laughs> fans. RIP Kobe. You know, I'm a, I'm a retired Clippers fan. We'll get into that a little later. But <laughs> my Dodgers, again, before you guys broke, we was talking about 1988, year before my uh, before I was born, bro. So this is expected. And to, to be part of a World Series four years and just being hurt for the last four, the last three, matter of fact, and not bringing it in, like this one's sweet, man. So I want to shout out to everybody in LA, like my family, like Laker, it doesn't matter. Like LA, we on top right now. So, you know, we'll we'll go from there. So I, I guess I guess we'll start on a high, right? Okay. So yep. uh, as, a, as a Dodgers fan, let me know what you felt about the Astros yeah. and they, you know, they scandal. Cause I got my own, but I'm gonna let you go first. Listen, you know, again, like we've had the most talented team in the last four years. Like bar none, we have the biggest payroll, highest payroll. I mean, we're we're spending money like crazy to, to fill the best team. So uh, the, the Astros just, I mean, that year we had just, we had some hitters on the squad. They had to do everything necessary to beat us. I get it why they cheated. I don't feel, I mean, of course you're gonna feel robbed out of a championship. You know what I'm saying? Because that was our year, really. That was really our year. And to to feel cheated that way, there's some there's a level of disappointment there. But I get it when it comes to Houston. You know what I'm saying? If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Hey, hey that's hey, hey, a fact. And, and had to, a right? So to me, I see it as a compliment. I see it as a glass half full. They had to cheat to beat us. And unfortunately, we didn't we didn't get it that year, but um, we got it this year. And I'm just glad they got smoked this year. So I mean, th- that's how I see it. So, right, so they was almost in there though. So they so, almost, but 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 they weren't. So, so I wanted so, some irony. Let me let me ask you with the three with the three times that you guys been to the World Series, what were you missing besides the one from Houston, which they cheated you out of? What did you think you guys were missing in order to get that that chip off your shoulder? Consistent pitching. You know what I'm saying? We had Kershaw. Even with Kim uh, uh, Jansen, he he struggled. He struggled for the last three years, um, just being one of our closers. So I think more or less was just pitching, just closing out games, making sure that 
we're consistently, you know, getting those K's, man, because that's how we pretty much lost the last three years was outside of Kershaw, who do, who do we have behind him? Right. And Kenley, you know, again, like KJ is, he's, he's, he's been consistent during, you know, the regular season, but when it gets to the playoffs that he just, you know, he just can't be really too reliable. And I mean, the hitting was there, the, we've always had batters. We've always, we always had bats. Yeah. So that has all we've, our offense has always been the talent. It's always been our defense. And with Mookie Betts coming on the squad, that kind of just really put us over the edge, you know, with, you know, Seager still still being consistent, Turner being consistent. What's the other cat? Uh, he's slipping my mind right now. Uh, so, I mean, again, like we got the most talented baseball team in the MLB. So it was just a matter of consistent pitching. Okay. And we got it done this time. Y'all did. Salute to y'all too for that, man. I just, I just want a little irony. That's all. Like everybody was, you know, on Houston head. You know what I'm saying? Like they did what they did, but you know, I just wanted some irony. That's the only reason why I wanted to see them go this year. No disrespect to nobody else. And baseball (laughs) people don't hate me. I don't know that much about it. I don't watch it like that. But I'm wanted. You know, bro. Yeah. I, 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 I live man, with it. We would have caught that thing, bro. We would we would have caught that, man. Yeah, oh, you know, and, and that I would have loved to, for them to run it back because, like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, just, that would have been that would have been Just just to sit there and say y'all got it all. I, I remember. Right. I remember last year when all the reports came out and everybody. I know a lot of but some players from y'all from y'all camp was talking was talking trash about the Houston team, but mm-hmm. hey, they they I ain't gonna lie, they were ready for it. Whatever yeah. happened, it was going to happen. The, <laughs> forget the players. The fans was the ones that upset. I thought the players had a right to be upset. The fans wanted they head. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like yeah. there's just there's there's no there's no there's no room for that. And you know, again, like they, you know, hats off to them. They they still you st- at the end of the day, you still in baseball, you can take steroids, you can do you know, you can have a, try to put yourself in a competitive advantage. You still need to put bat to ball. Right. And that's fact. You can have the biggest muscle. You can have muscles coming out of your ears. All right. If you suck at hitting the baseball, it doesn't matter at all. So they hats off to them. They cheated. They use it to their advantage and they executed. And again, I'm disappointed about it, but they had to beat us. We had a great team that year and they had to do everything necessary to beat us. I see it as a glass half full. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I was about to say, as far as cheating, you know, us as Saints fans, uh, we understand how y'all feel. Oh, y'all know. here we you know, go. Not, no, 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 no. We're not bringing that up yet. But since I got this smile on your face, let me put this frown on there now. Right. So how is it you being a Clippers fan in a Lakers because, town? Right, in a city, say. Laker city. Okay, that's fair. Hold on, hold on. You answer this question before you even start. When did the admiration for you be? And I know we spoke on the phone about it, but when when did the admiration for you become a Clippers fan? Let's start from there first. You know, thank thank you, thank you for asking that, Kerry. Because I don't want to hear his life story. For the last for the last seven or eight years, I'm caught in slack for you know I've had my fandom question just given. How talented the recent Clippers teams have been. Hold on, hold on, right, I, hold on. I, I gotta okay. stop you there. We didn't yeah. question you. It was your insanity that we worried about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Continue, well, man. Continue. You're right too. And that's why, you know, look, the I'm gonna just put this out here. The Clippers are like that 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 basic girlfriend or boyfriend you got or that keep cheating on you over and over and over. And you keep giving chances, right? You like, like. They just don't know no better. You still, you still, you don't want to make it work, right? And then you just, just at the end of it all, it's just like you just get down to the to to the end of your rope, and you're like, this is the most toxic thing I've ever been in, because like they're always gonna be losers. <laughs> you know what he did, and, and that's the Clippers. Like, all right, and go ahead. Okay, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, let me answer Kerry's question. Let me, let, let's stroll down memory lane here, right. okay? Yeah. To answer your question, I fell in love with the Clippers. Actually, it wasn't the Clippers I fell in love with. It was 1996, it was, it was All-Star Weekend. Okay. 
I had to be, I was six, six years old at the time. So I was, you know, watching basketball with my father. And, and this was kind of like the first year I started to like notice basketball on a professional level, okay. not just play it. And this was a year that Caucasian man won the slam dunk contest. This Caucasian man was Brent Berry. I just found it really interesting that like, you know, this white guy who's you don't really see in the NBA like that during that time was like looking like Michael Jordan right. and dunking the ball. So I'm like, wow, that's that's wow. Unbeknownst to me, my father actually got Clippers tickets to the Lakers for a Christmas gift. So six days after that, we actually went to go see the Clippers and the Lakers play at the Great Western Forum. And this was my first basketball game like ever first basketball NBA basketball game. And uh, I got to see the Clippers and the Lakers for the first time. And this was the 96 team um, with like Nick Van Axel, yeah. Eddie Jones, Vladi Divac, Magic Johnson, I believe was still on the team, but I don't know if he was, he wasn't playing like that. So this was kind of like their transition from showtime to like the, to the Kobe era, you know, Nick Van Axel was like, you know, like Kobe light at the time. He was that, that generation's Kobe. You know, we was like, you know, let's go to the game. It was me, my brother, my father. And I just remember seeing this white guy, again, that was from the slam dunk contest, just absolutely ball out against the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers, whooped, they whooped the Clippers that night. I think like Divac had like 26. <laughs> Uh, Van Axel had like 17, Eddie Jones added like another like 14. I mean, they were, they were all over the Clippers, but some just stuck with the Clippers. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, some just stuck with that team. You know, maybe it was the swag. They were wearing like their red jerseys with the Clippers. Like, I mean, it was just dope. I mean, and then like Brent Berry was like dunking on people. So I was just like, you know what? Like, I think I could rock with this team. <laughs> And then ever since then, I've just been rolling with the Clippers. I mean, from 96 to like 2000, we would just go to games. And I mean, there was, they would suck, but it was, you know, I was, that's the team I like. Up until like 2000, 2001, we got Alderman Candy. We got Darius Miles, Lamar uh, Quinn Richardson, Corey Maggette. Cool. Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom, exactly. That's when I started to really ramp up my fandom. Like, so I was getting jerseys. I had like a Darius Miles jersey. I had like a Lamar Odom jersey. I had everything Clippers. So from 2000 on, it's been like, you know, it's been real. You know, to me, you true fan, you stick with your team through the ins and the outs, man. And, and you know, again, from 2000 to like up until Chris Paul era, you know, 2011, that was a lot of heartbreak there, but we had talented teams. We just didn't, we never had the coaching because we had Vinny, Vinny Del Nero, who was trash. Um, we had other coaches too. Um, I forgot who the other coach was, Don Nelson. So we had good coaches, but we could never get over the hump. We can, we got to the playoffs one year, but then we got trashed. So it's been a long journey for me as a Clippers fan. Chris Paul era kind of gave me some hope, but that was the worst of it. I just, I hate thinking about those times because that was, we had the teams, we had the talent. It was just really bad, really heartbreaking. And that's kind of where it started, you know, with my PTSD and my anxiety and my mental health when it comes to the Clippers. And, um, and I, I want to make sure before you continue, if you had more to go, I think the mistake that you made was when you got with the team, you know, you liked them and all that stuff, you were, you know, essentially dating them. The thing that I got to think about is this, you know, and as men, we all should know, you got to know what you want, not think you know what you want. So you thought that you liked them. You think you like their swag, but you didn't, I don't, I don't know if you was for sure back then. I oh, think you're trying listen, to be a rebel. Gary, I was all in. All right. I was all in, bro. Again, I took the lumps when we were trash. All right. I'm talking about trash, trash can trash. Like, like, ugh, like, you know, we were, you know, okay. Nope. So again, and I, and I still, I, I still was loyal. I still went to the games. You know, I, it, it, I mean, the tickets were cheaper back then. Like I could get floor seats for like 20 bucks. 
what I'm saying? Yeah. So, all, right. all right. So okay. All so right. it was a party. You know, we had a DJ. We had we had I forgot what his name is. We had a, a fan who I forgot what his name is. Clipper Daryl. Clipper Daryl. He would come to the games. I mean, stadium would be half empty, and he's he's in there, you know, doing Clipper Daryl type. So I mean. You know, it was a party. It was fun. And then when we started winning, it was just like, nah, we got expectations. And yeah. now you got to do better. You know, I need you to change. And I, th- I, th- I, th- I think that's what I think what happened. And you had put it, you had pointed it out. You said y'all had expectations. <laughs> yeah. When y'all, when y'all just that, when y'all just that losing team, we all just that losing team, y'all good. Y'all have we good. Yeah. Y'all, yeah. Y'all, we were lovable losers. We were lovable losers. losers. Lovable losers. Lovable. And then when Chris Paul came, Doc came, Blake was already there. Uh, we yeah. already had DeAndre in development. We added pieces Jamal. around that. Uh, you know, Matt Barnes. We had Drew Bledsoe for a little bit, who's just doing absolutely nothing with the Bucks. I mean, all. sorry, yeah, the Bucks. Yeah. yeah. So we had, we had, we had it there. I mean, we blew a three-one lead against the, Rocket. against the Rockets. No, don't don't speak too loud on it. I don't speak loud because yeah, uh, we know what happened. We know. <laughs> listen, listen. Yeah, I'm, so I'm to y'all defense, and since this is your your ex, I'm coming to her defense on your behalf. Uh, no, I don't need you to. Like, no, she's no, no. I'm, I'm talking about. Oh. I'm talking about for this rocket fan right here, oh, dog. Right. You need to calm Whoa, that down. Chill. When have you been a rocket fan? I'm not a rocket fan. Nay, he lying. You already know. You ought to hear how hard this boy be going for James Harden and company at times. I like I like James Harden. They don't make me a Rockets fan. Yeah, I like yeah. I, I, look, I like James too. Dude's from the land. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. He's, he's, he's from the soil. So I, I got to give him that. And he a baller. I think he just, I mean, dude, he's just, he, you, you really can't build a team around an ISO heavy, high usage player. You just, you know, it just—it's just hard to do that. It's hard to win, and okay. yeah, and I—I th- I just think his ISO eccentric game is, you know, ultimately aside from the small ball and running into the bus, all that was the Lakers. Because I mean, right? Ain't now it, it was COVID that helped them out though, because they—they were looking a little shaky before COVID came. Anyway, that small ball was tiring them out real fast. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was I, honestly. I thought it was working. I mean, you got you got two of the most ISO heavy ball players on the same team, so it kind of does work. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you can't really win if your center is six four or six 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 or whatever. However, Tucker was. I mean, right. it's just ridiculous. They had nobody I mean, in the lane to rebound the ball. Yeah, Capella would have made it work. Capella, Capella would have gave him. A lot better chance to win because he can. I think that was a he mistake. can space the floor. Yeah, I think that was a mistake. They, they still let had him go. They still had Tyson Chandler on that bench too. I just yeah, but I mean, come he on, can now. Rebound. Yeah. he can rebound. He can dinosaur. Yeah, he is. He can't space the floor. Dan Tony wanted to space the floor. So walk us through these last, I guess we'll say three years. Well, let's just, let's just stop here. Walk us through this year and what the heartbreak was. What was the final straw? In- Leadership. <laughs> That's what it was. Leadership. You know, again, like I love Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers has been, I think one thing we forget about Doc Rivers, and it's not even basketball related, it's how he handled, I'll give him credit just as a, as a former Clippers fan. I'm always gonna love Doc Rivers for how he handled the the Donald Sterling situation. Yeah. Because he ultimately brought the, the the not only the team together, but the city of LA together to stand behind the Clippers and be like, yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna deal with that. Right. You know what I'm saying? And how Doc Rivers handled every every part of that situation is very commendable. Um, he deserved the leadership he did. We, that he was granted with the Clippers, it was very much warranted because he kept he kept that together and he kept it righted, and we ended up winning the series for the. Or did we win the series? I'm trying to remember if we did. Was it? I was so. Um, what, what? 
I think we did win that. I think we got, I think we got bounced the second round, I believe. Yeah, because y'all, yeah, y'all never made it to the West Conference Finals. Yeah, no, we never. Not under him, we didn't. Or at all. But but other than that, I think it was I think this year was leadership. I think you know you got Kawhi Leonard. Again, you know I understand what he went through with with San Antonio, and I understand you know that get, coming off of his his injury and his injury concerns and how his injury was, was handled that Toronto would understandably do the load management thing, but you're coming to the Clippers. We have expectations for a championship. We have an owner who wants a championship, which I loved. Like, I think I, I felt like he should have sacked up a little more instead of the load management thing. And it's, it came off a little more divish. Again, with Toronto, it's more understandable because you're you're coming you're coming out of that. All right, but to do that again, I thought it was just like ah, uh, I thought Doc Rivers should have held him a little more accountable. With Paul George, same thing. You know, there was grumblings, there were reports that him and Montrezl Harrell was getting into it. Harrell was you know trying to, you know, Harrell did his job. He was a six six man a year. Okay, so do have value. But when you're, when you're hearing your second best player is being like questioned by your own teammates, that kind of like, that means something. There's something there, you know what I'm saying? And then Lou Will going to get chicken wings at, at a booty club, like, come on, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? I know you were grieving with your mentor, but like you could afford to go to chicken wings. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I just felt like, Montrez Harrell, he left the bubble. I felt like my team, the Clippers didn't want to be there. I agree. And the Lakers wanted to be, the Lakers was there for a mission. The Heat were there for a mission. The teams that ultimately got there to the top, to the last four, the, the Nuggets, I mean, the, the they, they all were there for a purpose. And I think the Clippers, they just tapped out. Like, they just weren't there mentally. And they thought that they can get by just being a great, talented team. And they didn't like y'all got smoked by a better team. So it's it, you know again like they did what they supposed to do. They got they got rid of Doc, which I thought was long overdue. And we'll see what you know. Uh, did Ty Lue, is he? I'm the new tired, coach? Yeah. Ty Lue is our coach. Yeah. 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 So we'll see. I mean, Ty Lue ran into issues because he didn't really adjust, do a proper adjustments as a coach. Mm-hmm. when he was with Cleveland. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah. We'll see, man. We'll see. But I don't know. It, it was kind of it was kind of crazy how it all happened, how it all went down. And I'm thinking that when I was when the Clippers were up 3-1, I'm just like, ain't no way Denver's going to do the same thing they did to Utah. And lo and behold, 3-1 became 3-2, 3-2 became 3-3. And then Game seven, it just looked like they quit, to be honest with you. It looked Never. like they quit. Yeah. Like it's they still, were, it's, it still triggers me. So yeah, it was sad, man. To me, and then and, and y'all can say I'm wrong, but this is just an observation I made. To me, when they lost their series, it resembled Kawhi's personality off the court. Look dry, <laughs> not really there. On the court, most attentive player you could think of, you ain't stopping him. He gonna make some miraculous things happen. Arguably the best player, whoever, whatever. But that game seven, it looked like his personality off the court, like that layer, mm-hmm. like how it was unconventional. Man. That's how that. That's how yeah. the loss happened. Yeah, yeah. They didn't show, uh, and this they didn't show up. They didn't yeah. show up for that for that game, and it's disappointing. It, and again, it it shows that that points to just leadership. Yeah, that's all it is. You know what I'm saying? We had the talent. We have the talent. We had the coaching. Yeah, just leadership and accountability. And that's what, when you don't have leadership, you don't have accountability, you're, you're, you're a loser. So, <laughs> all right, let, let's. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. What do you mean? I thought that was beautiful right there. You told your demise of your team and how you had to break up with them. I mean, that sounds like a winner to me. Hey, listen, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm an NBA free agent. Any team can get it, except the Clippers. 
I'm going, going, I'm going, I'm going, to, I'm going into my fan hoe phase right now. Oh, all right. Where if I like it, I'm going to cop it. I'm going to wear it. I'm going to wrap it. Oh. That's where I'm at. So Clippers I, and lost my heart. <laughs> so, so I definitely had brought up a question because that's been something that's been weighing heavy on me. Um, our like latest episodes, the one that we did before with me and him, I tackled along with Carrie, but mainly me because that was my research, my heavy research. Uh, the correlation between Michael Vick and his transgressions with Ben Roethlisberger and he is just kind of showing like the you know racial unjust tension, I guess you can say, but. In terms of quarterback play, you have Jimmy Garoppolo. He's supposed to be the heir to New England. He came to y'all. Arguably, he did good. I had a, a definitely a dynamic running game behind him. Right. And it brought up the question that's been going on, I think, for the past at least week or so with us. What makes a good quarterback? And then I'll, you know, take it from there with, with my questions and curiosity, in your opinion. Okay. What makes a good quarterback? Okay. So let me let me preference. A question back to you guys are we talking about a good quarterback or are we talking about an elite franchise quarterback so, because because you can be a good quarterback i can give you good quarterbacks yeah. jimmy g is a good quarterback the question is is he elite well and, see this is my thing because because you're going you're going right into what i wanted to speak of afterwards because it's only a few that's elite right i guess i guess i'll do what we did last night i what's the measuring stick for good because I think it's some quarterbacks who are whatever, right? And then it's good quarterbacks, and then it's elite. And it's okay. only a few that's elite anyway. Yeah. Okay. So that's a that's a that's a good question. I I think a good quarterback would essentially is a, a good quarterback to me is a game manager. All right. So he's not gonna lose you the game, or he's not gonna turn the ball over. If it's first down, he's going to do what is necessary to hand the ball off. You know, he's going to rely on if there is a run game, he's going to he's going to rely heavily on the run game. All right. And then essentially convert on third downs. All right. And ideally, if you have a good, solid running game, you're not going to be in third and long that long. All right. And so make consistent throws when necessary in short yardage to keep the sticks moving. They're not going to be home run quarterbacks. They're not going to air out the ball, essentially. You know what I'm saying? They're just going to essentially keep the, you know, rely on their run game, all right, and make the necessary throws on third and short to keep the chains going. And uh, and essentially keep, play keep away for the other team and keep, the, keep their team's defense on the sideline for rest. So they'll be fresh to come in and, you know, work the, work the time of possession. That's that's my definition of of a good quarterback. All right. Now, what about elite? Who who do you have? What quarterbacks would you say that are good, and what quarterbacks would you take? Because you're a 49ers guy, so what quarterback would you have? Would you have on your team right now? And I'm gonna exclude Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Lamar Jackson. What other QBs would you rather have on your team besides? I, I, I think I think I think you didn't take out the best court. So so we we just before you before you before before because I think I, Gary knows where I'm about to go. Please go say it. Let's okay, Carrie. Let's let's preference this in because I don't want to have this conversation in a vacuum. Okay. Because I I don't want to get a prisoner of the moment because there are quarterbacks that are. Right now, are they're balling? Like, I mean, I think this is one of the best years in terms of how we're looking at quarterbacks. I mean, and then on top of that, some of the the, the best quarterback this year is injured. He's not coming back this year. All right. So, are you talking about overall, or are you talking about right now, this year, at this moment? Like, right now, this year, at this moment. Wait, wait, hold on. Who's I'm, the best quarterback? Hold on. Who's the best? Who quarterback? I would, who I would want on my team right now? Who's the best quarterback that's injured, though? I want to know that first. In this, in right now? Yeah, right you now? Say they Russell injured. Wilson. Okay. Russell Wilson is the best quarterback. He's the he's the best quarterback this year. Hey, he had a he I had an off right game now. last week. He had an off game last week. I definitely right. up right now if I could. I've been saying that from jump. okay. Yeah, I, Russell Wilson. If 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 I had to choose a quarterback this year, 
that I would that I would want to win me a Super Bowl, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. If I if there was a young quarterback that I wanted, it's close, bro. Like Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow has yeah. been in very close games this year, Beard. and they just haven't. They're de- like him and Justin Herbert are in, are kind of the same. Justin Herbert has been balling. It, it bro. And and that's why that's why I told that's why I told him yesterday. I told him the only thing wrong with Justin Herbert right now and the Los Angeles Chargers, they are a good team. The only thing they cannot finish games. If they finish games, if they finish games, I guarantee you, they'll be in a playoff spot right now. Their defense. Their defense. They 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 they're they're giving up too many leads. Um, and then Herbert is getting stopped to where he can't, he's not scoring. You know what I'm saying? Where, I mean, I mean, last week was different when they played against the Broncos. That was, that was a defensive, that was on the defense. Okay. So Anthony Lynn needs to focus on, you know, how they, to close games on a defensive end, man. Like it's, it's, it's like you've blown Three 17 point leads, right, man. right? And one 21 point lead. You have blown, you have blown four 17 plus leads this year. Are right, doing that one time, right? Is inexcusable. You did it four <laughs> times. <laughs> I see. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because this is my thing, and I'm, I'm not saying anything about the quarterbacks that it happened to. We as Saints fans, and you can mark me if I'm wrong, we've been up not. Breeze air. I won't just say breeze air. I'm talking about mm-hmm. breeze air too. At times we've been up, right? Right. And we know our defense is trash. So if you know your defense is trash and your offense is so prolific, and I guess I can say this about who is it? Because they did this. They scored a lot in the first quarter. I mean, first half, and then they do nothing afterwards. But like, if your offense is so prolific, why is it you're not scoring points afterwards either? I know your defense is supposed to make stops and all that stuff like that. But if you're up by 17, you never score again. It's a well, whole side thing. Yeah, well, I mean, you, I mean, the strategy changes. If you're up by 17 and a third, like, I mean, I, I smart coaches would just run, run the ball, ball. <laughs> and just eat up clock. And so, if you're not, if you're not scoring, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, especially if you've already held a team to under 10 points and you're you're up by like whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the defense is gonna. The, they might let loose the clamps. I mean, at the end of it all, I mean, you're not supposed to be giving up 17 point at all. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't care who you're playing against. So to do it four times in a row is that's a fireball offense. And again, like I love Anthony Lynn I personally. I think if the if really the Chargers got what they're what one in six, one in five. I think one in one in five, one. In, it's one of them. Something but. like that. They can easily have four wins. At okay. least. At least. All right. And I've and again, they've lost a lot of key players on the defensive end. You know, they lost Derwin James this year. Mm-hmm. That dude is a monster. I think it, when he's healthy, he's the best safety in the league. All right, because he can do it all. All right. So they're they miss him. Melvin Gordon was uh, I'm sorry, Melvin Ingram was in and out of the lineup this year. So it's like you know, they have key injuries on that side of the ball that would have helped them had the team be completely healthy and they would have four wins. I'm all, I'm saying right now, the Chargers will win a f-ing Super Bowl. The Chargers will win a Super Bowl before the L.A. Rams will. Oh, yeah, we, okay. First okay. of all, I can, I can confidently I can say see that. that. I can see that. I, can, I said that, yeah. once, I can see that. Once, the, once the Rams lost to the Patriots, I'm like, they're not going back because – not, not that the division wasn't good, because y'all had one of the toughest divisions in the league. Yeah. Not that y'all division wasn't good, but for them to get out the division like they did, I'm like, y'all not going back. The road too hard. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. if y'all don't get it this year, I don't know when the next time you're going to get it. Because Seattle was relatively not good that year. Right. San Francisco was up and down. And Arizona. Yeah, we were and Arizona up on needed a quarterback. Yeah, but they have one now. Well, they they got they have weapons around him too because D Hop is making a difference. If D Hop not on that team, Arizona, I don't think look like that. Yeah, man. I, I feel I, I feel whoever Houston fans, if y'all listening, man. 
Everything. <laughs> Shaking my head. But listen, Man. listen, everything Man. bad Man. happens in Houston. Have you seen it? Bro. Basketball team can't win. Can't win. Houston Astros, Astros got to cheat. <laughs> uh, I think I think the Houston Dynamo, the soccer team, is the only good one down there. Uh, the Houston Man, Jets. Not the Dynamos. The Dynamos. <laughs> I think they're the only good thing out of Houston yeah. right now. I don't, you know. Yeah, man. Look, I, I I I was thinking about making a T-shirt like "Free Deshaun," man. Like someone need to free him out of that. That's the thing. They screwed him, and then they signed him and then into they a long contract. Him. Hey, Deshaun. Hey, keep keep getting that money, man. Keep getting that paper, bro. Right. Well, he's gonna need it. He's gonna need it for for his insurance policy when he retires, because dude is getting smacked around. Man. I need him not to get hurt. And they, because otherwise I know it's I know it's a clause in that contract. And they, and the end low key they were trying to trade Will Fuller to the Packers. So they really shit. weren't giving nothing. They this really shit. weren't giving that man anything. But I want to go to I want to go to another division that we spoke about that uh we all had a good jokes about. I've talked to my co-workers about them the other day. The NFC least. <laughs> <laughs> the NFC least, man. Listen, this is the worst division, and to me, it's going down visually as the worst division in NFL history. No, no, no. It's documented. As of Sunday, it is. Oh, it is? Oh, okay. So it's official now. So we got the stamp and all that. Okay. If they tied Sunday night, they would have had a division throughout eight weeks without three wins. Right. Yep. Even with the three win team in history, they are the worst division yeah. for yeah. all four of those teams. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's sad? You know what's sad? Mark me on this. I'm willing to bet somebody if they want to. The football team of Washington gonna win that division. Watch what I say. I say I say the Philadelphia Eagles. I say Philly. I think Philly is when they are healthy. Let's just say Philly had their entire team. Oh yeah. Um, they're 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 a contender. Yeah, they got a they they have a contender, but again, like Carson Wentz. I mean, I get it. Like your your line is gone. You know what I'm saying? But th this goes back to Gary's question: What makes an elite quarterback? An elite quarterback is going to elevate your team and elevate the talent around you, regardless of what the talent level is. All right, there somehow, some way, you're going to win that game with that quarterback. All right, Aaron Rodgers comes to mind. Russell Wilson comes to mind. Tom Brady comes to mind. You have who? Who else does that very well? I'm, I'm, but you know where I'm going with that. Those, those are elite level quarterbacks, and we're seeing that with Tampa Bay. You know what I'm saying? Like Tom, all, all he needed was at least three or four weeks to get acclimated to that system. All right, now it's it's a wrap because now you add you add in Antonio Brown, but, but who, who's arguably the best receiver in the last six years of the league. But but Tampa Bay went and got everybody too. Yeah, I mean, like okay. that's, that's, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do with a forty-plus-year-old quarterback. No, no, no. But hey, I'm with you. I I feel like neither one of them should be in the league, but that's neither here nor there right now. <laughs> Well, let's 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 get back to the NFC lease because you okay. brought the question. Um, I think Philly. I, I'm 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 with you, Kerry. I'm taking Philly to win that division. Washington. Uh, I think Washington is there because they got a good defense. Just I'm just saying, they second. It don't take much to well, win the division. Well, I, 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 it, it, it doesn't. But I mean, Washington <laughs> has no run game. They have no passing game. They have no quarterback. Nothing. I mean, you benched Dwayne Haskins early, and you know he's. He doesn't even want to think about it. I mean, you have Alex Smith, who, I, I mean, Retired, that bro. man is, I love Alex Smith. Do you know, he's, you know, we all know we contributed to the 49ers. Uh, he got a bad rap. I think his, I think his reputation was too heavily as a 49er and not getting the credit necessary when he went to KC or those last couple of years he was with the 49ers too under Jim Harbaugh, like he balled out. So Alex Smith is my boy. Uh, I'm glad that he's he's back in the league. Like that's to, to go through all them surgeries and be in the league, that's like, that's amazing. But he's not gonna. No, he ain't gonna win you no championship. Yeah. They, they have a quarterback problem. They have an offense problem. 
All right, the only the best player they have on that team is Terry McLaurin. How about right. saying McLaurin is the best? Yeah. All right, and then Geis, you know, screwed up and yeah, pushed his way out of the league. Right. But but um, it was it exactly. was it was undetermined whether he was gonna be whatever there too, just because he had been hurt. So we really don't know. Like what yeah, you don't. last year was Adrian Peterson. Adrian, he ain't done no more. Adrian Peterson gave him just a little bit of hope. No, that's what I'm saying. He, he gave, he he gave him no some, he gave him some kind of hope, but yeah. Nah, I, I mean, you 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 hope that you want Dallas, you know, Dallas. I mean, I mean, outside of I mean, they lost pretty much their their whole offensive line. So right. like we we kind of even if Dak was still there, he would have been cooked. Yeah. All right. But Dak arguably was the best quarterback up until he got hurt. I mean, no, he definitely would. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you see that you see that receiving court. I mean, it's disgusting. Exactly. It's nasty. Okay. I mean, but you got a, a lot of a lot of that falls on the blame of the coach. Ezekiel Elliott, dude, has been fumbling the rock. I mean, you would think he's carrying baby oil in his glove. <laughs> baby oil. I have to say this. Cause I've been saying this on every episode when people break it up, and yeah. it's because I heard it. And it's, it's not saying it's true, not saying it's not. It's just a, it's just a point. Jacksonville Jaguars running back. I can't think of his name. He actually got COVID, and he's been in the hospital twice, right? And it's because of COVID. And so, listen to Bomani Jones, one of my favorite podcasts. He made mention of COVID having lingering effects: dementia, dizziness. You don't really feel like yourself. Motor skills aren't right, or whatever, right? Zeke had COVID, Cam had COVID. Cam for sure was playing better before he had COVID and he looked shaky right now. Zeke is resembling the motor effects like not being, because his first years he fumbled, but it wasn't very much. It was four, five times or he'll fumble and not lose that mug like he did. Right. And now he's losing or whatever. And it, it could be because of COVID, not sure how, cause it affects people differently. We got Emmanuel Sanders, who hadn't been playing, who has COVID, who is signaling these same symptoms. symptoms as far as I'm not myself. I don't feel right. I feel out of my body, whatever it may be. So homeboy may still be resembling COVID symptoms and the effects of just saying, because he, Zeke, Zeke was probably the best hybrid running back because I think the purest running back is, is Derrick Henry. Right. So Zeke was that hybrid in a sense, not to say it wasn't other ones out there, but he was arguably like top two, top three. Right. And when it came to now, it's like, oh, he can't hold on to the ball. He ain't never had a problem holding on to the ball or at least getting a fumble back. Homeboy fumbling and he getting tapped right now. <laughs> hey, and I got, I just want to bring up something else. Bo Jackson, I, I think he made a statement. I don't know if y'all heard about it, but he made a statement maybe sometime last week or the week before and said right now in this day and age, he would average, I think, 300, over 300 yards a game. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah I was like, hey, hey, me personally, me personally, that's why, like, kids right now, the younger, the young generation right now can't respect the older generation because they be making statements like that. And I know, I don't, me personally, I don't think Bo Jackson averaged 300 yards a game. Derrick Henry, I don't even know, maybe he averaging close to 100-something yards, averaging maybe, but... Derrick did pop two out the past, out of the last four games, he's popped out two 200-yard games. So, so my question is, do you, do you guys think that Bo Jackson right now can average over 300, 300 yards a game playing right now? Listen, I, I mean, we we can we can name maybe a handful of running backs in the league now that have let's just say let's just say let's say yards after they get hit behind the backfield. All right, so let's just say that consistently their O line is letting letting through one defender every run play. All right, and they have to, in order for them to get positive yardage, they have to break that said tackle within the backfield. Okay, there's a, there's, there's, there's a rare number of running backs who exist not only in the present, but in the past, who have been very successful at that. 
we would probably have to look at that's another topic for for another podcast so you need to write this down so we can talk about that but um largely your running backs are going to their their accomplishments and their success is largely going is going to lean heavy on their offensive line and if you look at Zeke Elliott Zeke Elliott made his money are running behind arguably one of the best lines in probably the history of the NFL. All right. Because there's at least three hall of famers on that damn thing. Right. Okay. So um, you look at, you, you look at Derrick Henry. I mean, this year, I mean, he had a solid line. They brought in Jack Conklin who got hurt and then Taylor Luan, I think is hurt. So I feel like, the Titans right now are struggling offensively because they lost key players on their offensive line. It wasn't that Ryan Tannehill just regressed. I mean, the line. All right. So you look at all the teams across the league, even with Baltimore, Baltimore is like, damn, they're not the same last year. Well, they lost key, key players on their offensive line. All right. That's why they were one of the most prolific running teams in NFL history last year. Probably not the probably the most pr- prolific team. No, but when they, you lose players on the offensive line in key places that are strong, that's your strength. Then you're gonna re- you're gonna regress regardless if the quarterback is elite or not. They're, they're, you're gonna struggle. But I, I think just in terms of the question, like you were saying, I guess it depends. I don't know yeah. the Oakland team that he was on. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good their offensive line was, but I do know their running back and. Bo is, I'm sorry, Derrick Henry is Bo like he Bo Jackson like. Yeah. Derrick Henry. Yeah, I, yeah. In so, some respects, I think he's I think he's faster. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. But right. I, but but Bo played two sports. So if he would have right. dedicated to just football, who knows? If right. Would have had a better team. Who knows? Yeah. So is it outlandish for him to say it? Maybe. I don't think so. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, talk, I'm talking about in this day and age, if he going in this day, because they don't run it yeah. like that. But if he gets with a Tennessee Titan team, I don't know if it's outlandish. I, yeah, I, I don't. Well, I've, I've always considered Bo Jackson. There's three players I've considered probably arguably the bet, the greatest athletes who played in the NFL. I think, I mean, aside from Michael Jordan, you got to give it to Bo Jackson. I got Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders. The running back for the Cleveland Browns. He's oh, um, Jim Brown. Jim Brown, yes. Yeah. Like I would say Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders is like one, two greatest athletes. I'm gonna say in in, in the NFL. Yeah. Like if you think of like the greatest athlete, like with athletic ability, those two are at the top. Oh, and yeah. you can put Jim Brown as like number two. Yeah. But you you got to put them like at least in the top five in terms of greatest athletes ever. Okay, yeah. you know what I'm saying because Bo Jackson was like he didn't even need to lift weights. He was he was born a musclehead. That's right. that's what I'm saying. I I just think that I, to me that's what make him so special. I he can transcend. He can go into any era. Deion Sanders right. was ahead of his time in a sense too. Even though he was at the right time, he was still ahead of his time, and yeah. so. You just look at it like, yeah, he made that statement. But if it had been anybody else, I'm like, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's him. So I'm like, right. I don't know if he's wrong. So so yeah. so 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 to end it, so to end it, so I say he he couldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't average three hundred over three hundred yards a game in this era right now. I would, oh no, I that's excessive. That's excessive. Your greatest running backs never averaged 300 yards but a no, game. That's exactly. That's hyperboiled. Homie was exaggerating on the yards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's saying he could be the best running back today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But no, he he you you talking about the yards? The dude threw out 300 yards. It, that's like oh, I go average 100 points a game. You know that ain't happening. No, yeah, no, that's not. He no. just said he just said a number, but homie, yeah, he was. I think he was being being facetious and I wouldn't say sarcastic, but I mean that's not that's not possible. What he meant to say was, bro, I'd be the best running back today. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, I think Derrick Henry is, I mean, he he is Bo Jackson. He's Bo Jackson of our generation, and he's not even averaging three hundred yards. So. Like, come he on. popping out too, though. Every, 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 you know, no, like, yeah, dude, don't want to, no one wants to tackle the king. 
No. <laughs> Josh no, Brolin. Did you guys see his? Did you see his high school footage where yeah. he averaged something crazy? Like he averaged in high school something. I, don't quote me on this. All right, y'all need to fact check this. But it was something like over maybe two hundred yards a game. No, it was over when he was coming to Bama when they was doing an Army Navy game in high school. It was. Yeah, it was something stupid. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so him popping out two hundred in the league ain't nothing. If his line was healthy, he would probably average close to two hundred yards because they depend on him. Yes, he is the offense. Yeah, and and he makes Ryan Tannehill his job far more easier. And I've and again, I've always been high on Tannehill. It's that trash coach that's at the Jets that ruins his players. All right, so I don't want to call him by name but he ruins his players. His only claim to fame is being Peyton Manning's quarterback coach. That right. And there's other, there's black quarterback, there's, there's black assistant coaches. There's, they had, they had a black head coach prior to this guy. Be gone. And they should have kept him, but this dude still has a job. There's black candidates that are out there that are far more superior than this dude, and he keeps getting jobs. So that's another that's another topic. Yeah, that's another for, yeah. for a different podcast. Yeah. I'll, I'll, hey, I'll go into you that. Go down that rabbit hole whenever. <laughs> yeah, bruh. Like, come on now. Man, tell me about it. Like, <laughs> it, hey, it's all it's all good with me. But we are gonna get on we are gonna get on another one. But thank you, but thank y'all for y'all input on that one. Oh uh, man, what? What do you think the game is missing right now in, in terms of the NFL? Do you think this is the high, the highest quality for the NFL right now or the, that the NFL has had? Because there's a lot of storylines going on right now. A lot of good offenses going on. Defenses can't stop them. A lot of defense can't stop nobody. But what, what do you think about the NFL right now? That's a good question. I think it's, I mean, I think the product is still there. I mean, you you just, you don't have the fans. So that's where I'm, maybe that's where I'm, I'm where it's missing for me is that, that fandom that you would ultimately, that would affect the players or the outcome of the game. And, you know, like Seattle, you know, for instance, you know, you go to, you, you roll into, whatever the state, Sun Trust, I believe it's Sun, whatever it is. All right, you roll in there and there's no fans. So you don't have that element of the 12 affecting the game that really would contribute to, to a competitive advantage. That's probably what I'm missing. I'm enjoying it. I, I, I totally agree with you. Like the offense this year has exploded. They said the first five weeks, they scored the most points and the most touchdowns. I like it. Um, they got rid of the stupid defensive pass interference review that they had last year that was an absolute disaster. They rolled back offensive holding. They've rolled back a, a, a lot of different penalties now that would otherwise slow the game down. So other than, that's what I like. Believe it or not, there's a lot of good defenses right now that are playing excellent defense. You have Steelers for one, who are just absolutely shutting down people. They shut down Baltimore last week. Right. Uh, you have Indianapolis, who was a pleasant surprise, but not not unexpected because they ciphered one of our best players off our de defensive line last year. That's making an overall uh, contribution. Overall, I like it. I just feel like you're just missing that that fan element. Mm -hmm. You know that that's gonna that alters the game, and you just really don't have that. And it looks like the players have adapted already because it looked like the first three weeks was like they were out there running practice. Right. So but that's kind of what I'm missing, you know, and yeah. I think the uh, NFL mm -hmm. is getting blacker. Mm -hmm. That's what I like about it. I do too. I, I and, and I, and I keep saying this and this is only because I hate that it's coming to this. So it's getting blacker as far as the things that we were demonized for, athletic, run before, pass, the whole nine yards. Right. That's what it's becoming. And now you have white predecessors coming in that do the same thing, i.e. Joe Burrow, a little bit Joe, uh, Josh Allen. Justin Herbert did run in college. I don't know if he's doing as much in the Chargers, but that's neither here nor there. 
I just don't want it to become the norm to where everybody is like, well, now, now that quarterback right there, he's a leader. He reads defenses. He's all this and he all that. And he runs and he's white. Right. Because for so long, that was the knock on black quarterbacks. And we knew yep. that we can do it. We were smart enough or whatever. So mm-hmm. when I say it's getting blacker, I mean, mm-hmm. this pocket presence bull that we've been hearing for this inception of football right. doesn't work anymore. And I don't want it to go, I don't want it to go unheard and unnoticed that we've been doing this forever. And shout out to Mike Vick. Uh, shout out to Mike Vick, but I'm just present day. Lamar Jackson has a place in the NFL because he is who he is. I don't, mm-hmm. and I'm not knocking him, but I don't want Joe Burrow, Josh Allen to be anything other than what they, you know, I don't want them to be un. Aaron Rodgers was the only quarterback you could say got the knock for being crossover, right? right? I don't need Joe Burrow and Josh Allen coming in, and now you have some continuing on this legacy, and now you're going to get it to where, hey, Lamar Jackson still is going to be demonized because he didn't make that last throw at the end of the game. But you right. got Josh Allen who throws interceptions all day long, and if he wins by three points, he's a great quarterback. No. Right. Yeah. No. Because that's been my biggest knock. Like that's that's what I mean, and, and that's something I put in there so we can discuss for part two whenever we have you back on. I need to know what's the mark for somebody being a good quarterback, because I don't think there's a lot of good quarterbacks out there. I think no. you see, I think you see some win. That's fine. I think you see them tailored to their team. I don't think certain quarterbacks are good. So you saying that you're consistent? inconsistency has something to do with it but i'm saying if we go off of what the mark has been right don't move them down because now they can run right and the mark has always been here okay and black quarterbacks have been here and now we're here because russell does it all pat mahomes is not really a runner he's an improviser uh shout out to mad 19 (laughs) he's an improviser and you got, you know, you're in between. You got a Dak in between. You got Deshaun Watson, who is drastically underrated because right. of what Houston is. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, the mark has been right here, and they've elevated it. To the point now, you look at a Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts start, Philadelphia got a whole different team. It don't matter what the offensive line looks like. Because yeah. Homeboy can run. You know? Yeah. yeah. And Tua, I think Tua, you're going to see him step into it. Miami, mm-hmm. they defense looks very real deal now, right? Now yes. you see Miami, they got their one receiver in Devontae Parker. Questionable running game. Yeah. But you're going to see Tua step into what he is, and he's a lefty, by the way, because Kyler Murray looked like a, 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 a bullet running around last year, yeah. right? He had Larry Fitzgerald, but we all know Larry Fitzgerald got how many years left. Sure. Now he got DeAndre Hopkins. It's a cheat code. Yeah, <laughs> Have yeah. you seen his hands? Right. Yeah, Kyler smiled when he seen just like Russell and Kyler. I think they both caught them uh, these past couple weeks. They smile when they see their people open <laughs> on camera. Yeah. This cop and it's a touchdown. You know, like right. so. I just, I just, I don't want it to go glossed over that. Now the league had to be like this because you make notice of it. Yeah. You gonna stand back here when a three hundred pound lineman get to you, Daniel Jones, or you gonna sit up here and you gonna try to run away, improvise, Josh Allen? Uh, I don't know. And that, I know, I know, going back back in the day when Mike Vick was playing with the Atlanta Falcons, and like Gary had said, everybody was demonizing, and me, Gary, and our dad, we always we had that conversation. Well, it was like, what what grown man want to stay want to stay behind? And you literally got. Average maybe 300 uh, deep, uh, 300 defensive linemen, four of them come at you simultaneously, ready to take your head off. Who wants to go? Who wants to stay back to the launch a ball and their career could, po- could possibly be over? Right. No, no, I don't know. I wouldn't want to do it, even if I did play. I wouldn't want to do that, but but I yeah. think. But you, but you, you own to it. I think you got to complete your thought, though. You say who want to do it, but they haven't been able to not do it. They mm-hmm. pocket passes. Yeah. They they can't move. You seen Tom Brady athleticism, right? Like watching a little. No offense to girls, but watching a little girl run who can't run. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you just. I think you got to look at the history of just the 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 what goes into being an NFL quarterback, and it's and it's largely. You, you see 
you know, the archetype is, you know, a tall white man who's built, you know, you know, built slender, you know, stays in a pocket and he's going to dissect a defense through different various reads. And I think that's, and again, like you still, the NFL in some ways still thinks in a traditional sense mm-hmm. when it comes to their, their, you know, their scouting and their drafting and who should be in this position or not. Because although Mike Vick, and I get, I give Mike Vick his credit in terms of trans, transcending the game to a different level because he not only had a, not only was he the probably the fastest player in the league during his time with Atlanta, he also had a, a crazy arm. All right, so dude can throw the rock. Right. All right, he wasn't as accurate as he should have been. He didn't study his playbook. He wasn't as dedicated like Payne Manning or Tom Brady was. So I, for, for me, I thought Michael Vick left a lot on the table in, as far as what he could have done sans the dogfighting scandal. Had, had that not have happened, I think we would see Michael Vick as the new standard of what a quarterback should be. Because you gotta understand, like there were, there were predecessors before. Oh yeah, like, like Warren Moon, Randall, Randall Cunningham, that were dual, real dual threat quarterbacks who can not only run, but they can dissect a, a whole offense as yeah. well, like a Tom Brady. But yeah, again, yeah. there were those times back then, you know, that stereotype to to try to fit them into a a, a, a box was a lot more heavier than say Mike Vick because Mike Vick was, he came in at a different time. Yeah, he did. Before that, you had Cordell Stewart. You know, you did have black quarterbacks who ingratiated ingratiated themselves before Michael Vick did. So we kind of saw it, but he was just a lot faster and his arm was a lot better. And he had the swag. He kind of brought hip hop to football. Right. He's AI. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> nah, most definitely. Well, before we get out of here, we'll usually do it, but we're just gonna do it with you because we pressed the time right now. Okay. Give us some some new music or some music you like listening to that we can put our, our audience on our Okay, so I'm gonna just give you I'll give you like two. So I, I I'm gonna go down like my genres and what I listen to, and I'll give y'all like two recommendations. So Let's see. Let's start with hip hop. Benny the Butcher. Y'all probably, yeah. I've been on Benny the Butcher. Dude's arguably top three hip hop artists out right now in the game. Dude's killing it. All his bars are just absolute fire, bro. I've, I damn near burned down my apartment unit listening to it. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, for rap right now, I've been on Benny. Uh, I've been on. I've been on Memphis Heavy. I think Memphis right now, as a collective, has been putting out the best music. With Young Dolph dropping some new stuff, Yo Gotti, Key Glock. I, I love I, 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 Key Glock is my dude. Black Youngster is my dude. I'm missing the other one. Who's the other one? Money bag, yo. Money bag, So uh, I think Memphis right now is hot. You can't go wrong with no like any like. Memphis, Memphis, Benny is is hot right now. West Coast YG dropped some, but I'm disappointed. So yeah, uh, it, it, I'm not, it, 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 yeah. I mean, I I don't, I don't know any West Coast artists that's bringing the heat. Like I know uh, Amarion just dropped something that's pretty yeah. dope. Reason came that. up. Reason came. Reason album came up. Who did? Reason. Okay. Okay. I haven't I haven't heard that one yet. Hey, hey it's um, fine. It's okay. Fine. Best song on the feature of Rhapsody, just because they killed it. Best song on okay. the feature of Vince Staples. Okay. Yeah, Vince Staples, my boy. I, I I don't know if he dropped anything lately, but uh I think he dropped nothing. I look I look when I was looking at Reason. Yeah. yeah. We still waiting on Top Dog. Top Dog's been quiet, so I've been kind of yeah, um, man. Yeah. Good. I don't man, like I'm still waiting on Black good. Hippie record. Mm-hmm. Still waiting on Black Hippie. Uh shout out to the to the coach who's listening to this, who knows what Black Hippie is. Not the Black Hippie. Let's see, uh, on the R&B side, I'm gonna plug y'all with something different that y'all can listen to. I'm a big like R&B electronic kind of hybrid going on right now. So 
always never is is a nice plug like if you want to like light up light up some tree just chill or if you just like the moody emotion not emotional but like the, the mood dark vibes you know what i'm saying yeah a vibe you know what i'm saying but it's 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 moody it's like you know you're you're ingrained in like emotional like always never is a spot i'm on xavier omar for rmb Okay. So if y'all know like, Xavier Armour, that's my boy. His new his new stuff is dope right now. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, let I me go. He, I, know, I know. Yeah, I know he had a, a joint with Boss on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, all his stuff goes. And let me give you guys one more. For the rap side, oh, um, I've been on uh, Ti. Yeah, my homeboy told me I got to listen to it. I say Ti stuff like. It started off good, but it kind of ended like flat. So it's cool. Listen, you know, you got 21 Savage just dropped some. That was kind of dope. 88 Glam. Yeah. I don't know if y'all know about 88 Glam. I've been on 88 Glam too. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I know there's a lot of different music out yeah. right now. I just, I need to, I'm I a, definitely I'm need to put up, pull up my. I'm going to give you one because I know you, you, you're going to be into it. Uh, Black yeah. Power. I don't know if you listen to his. He released something. Black Thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I did, it's yeah. Shanika had told me about it. It was fine. Okay. <laughs> and Todd Dollar Sign came out with an album that dropped last week too. So. Okay. Yeah. See, I see. I didn't know about Ty, so I need to. I need to follow up with Ty. Boy, 25, 25, uh, 25 songs strong. So. Yeah. yeah. I, look, I love Ty. You know what I'm saying? I've seen him a couple of times at concert. Dude's absolutely hilarious on stage. Uh, so I'm a big fan of Ty Dolla Sign when it comes to his projects, but when he's on other people, it's like trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That face emoji. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, silly. Well, man, you got any parting words for our small but growing audience? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, everyone stay safe. You know, make sure that you guys spend time with your families. Holiday season's coming up. So although, you know, they're telling us around the country to stay in a small circle, you know, just keep it small. If you have if you have time to see your family, do it, man. Do it because it helps with your mental health. Make sure that you limit your social media because it also helps mental health in this time. Depression has gone up. Anxiety has gone up in this country. We have a crazy president who looks like who's who's about to lose all right so hopefully um no, 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 no. get better he want to recount y'all calm yeah. down <laughs> oh, <laughs> hopefully hopefully things change and we can come together we have a lot of hate and divide in this country so everyone stay safe if you live in an area where it's dangerous strap up you know what i'm saying protect your family protect your rights and protect your existence I love everyone, whoever listened to. You guys are good people. I f*** with y'all. Uh, thanks. Thank you for Gary and Carrie for having me on the show, on the podcast. It's been a long time coming. You guys are brothers from different mother. Uh, I love you guys to death. And um, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on today. Oh, man. We appreciate you for being a special guest on here, man. Like I said, it was a long time coming. We got a lot of stuff out the way, but we still have a lot of stuff to talk about. Man, we do, man. We got a we got a lot of different things to talk about. So, when you guys want them hot takes, and you guys want want the real, real, y'all y'all know where I'm at. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> all right, y'all. It's all love. Love you guys. Uh, love everybody out there in in the podcast of fear, and yeah, peace. And Peace love. Out, man. We appreciate bro. you. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you for listening to Bottom Line Sports Talk. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and don't forget to share. We'll see you next time.